Amen. There we go. Amen. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Boy, that sounded like a whole bunch of people that didn't have enough coffee. Amen. So let's try that again. Good morning. Hey, there we go. Amen. Glad to see everyone here today. Amen. I got good news. Right? 2020 has been nothing but bad news, but I do have good news. This Friday coming up is our first chance at a cool front. Now, they, it might not make it, but they said there's a chance. So anyone vacuuming their home this week, you need to take that vacuum hose and point it to the north to try and suck that thing, that cold front to come back down this way. So it, it, would, it would be below 90 on, during the day. That, so it's, so I, I'm, I'm praying. I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, 2020 hasn't given us much to be excited about. Amen. But just want to remind everyone, as we're in phase two of reopening, at least until uh, I think it's Friday, the 11th, uh, the governor is going to make another announcement on uh, what phase we'll be in. Uh, so as we're in phase two, we want to remind everyone to enter church. You need to come through this door on the south side. Uh, use um, hand sanitizer. We ask and trying to continue with social distancing. During phase two, we will not have a nursery, but the nursery is open as a cry room for uh, parents with children. You could go in there. There's closed-circuit uh, TV uh, that you don't miss the service. Um, also, there's no van running on Sunday mornings and no Wednesday nights as long as we're in phase two. We'll, we'll uh, see what, how it goes when we're going to bring back Wednesday nights in phase three. Uh, also, uh, if you're, you're not able to make it to service on Sunday mornings, uh, you could watch live on Facebook, wherever you are in the United States on vacation. You could uh, put on Facebook at 9.30 Central Time and uh, catch this service live uh, throughout fa Facebook. Um, another thing you could do is download the CFC app on your phone. Uh, there you could watch uh, sermons, not live, but uh, from the past. And then uh, you also be able to give on that app on your phone. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel for those that don't have Facebook. Uh, it's uh, Christian Fellowship Church Pastor Scott Sheremy. Type in all that and it'll pull it right up. Uh, you can watch past uh, services, not live. The only thing you can watch live is, is on Facebook when it's actually happening. And also we have the church website, uh, www.welcometocfc.com. You can watch uh, prior uh, messages and also uh, give on that site. Also, I uh, want to remind everyone, if you have children from 6 to 11 uh, in Children's Church, they're having service. The children are welcome there, but they are filming it and putting it on Facebook in the evening this uh, month. Their theme is block party, talking about friendship and things like that. Uh, but tonight at 7 o'clock on the New Generations uh, site is going to be uh, streamed up there. So uh, you kids don't have to miss any part of uh, Children's Church. Amen. So uh, just want to say happy birthday and anniversary to anyone having a birthday this week. Anyone having a birthday between now and next Sunday? Raise your right. Rachel was reluctant. The happy birthday, Rachel. She she finally made 21. She's going to make 21 this week. So let's let's say happy birthday. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sister Sybil, you're having a birthday? Today? Happy birthday, Sister Sybil. Amen. Anyone else with a birthday this week? All right. What about anniversaries this week? Anyone? Gone once? Wait. We're pointing somewhere. Somebody's having an anniversary? 
Okay. I don't want to miss anyone. All right, well, if you are online uh, having a birthday or anniversary this week, we want to say happy birthday or happy anniversary to you. As we get ready for our offering this morning, I do want to share something uh, what you could do for this week and next week. We're going to be taking up a special offering besides your tithes and offerings of um, everybody knows Scott Scott and Marcy Crosby. Uh, They come here. uh, uh, They were in Texas taking care of Scott's mom during uh, the hurricane and their home in Abbeville. A tree fell, busted the roof. Water had been going on. He's taking care of his mom, so he hasn't even been able to make it back yet. He's going to be back in a week or two. Uh, his neighbor went put a tarp to try and stop it. Uh, their ministry is children's ministries where they go out and do, like, vacation Bible schools and things. But guess what? COVID hit this year, so all their uh, outreaches were canceled. So they basically didn't have an income this year. They got an $8,000 deductible before the insurance will help out anything. So what we want to do is this week and next week, if you'd like to help them out uh, in, in a offering to help them meet their deductible, just uh, on your check or on the envelope, just, you can write Scott Crosby or Hurricane Relief and everything we pick up designated for that this week and next week, uh, we'll send it to them to help them out. Amen? So just keep them in prayer also. Again, there's so many needs uh, in Lake Charles area. We thank God that we didn't get hit with that. But as we get ready to receive, uh, I mean, uh, pick up the tithes and offerings, I just want to explain to you how you could give. So you could give, go to our website, www.welcometocfc.com, and uh, give there. Also, if you're giving online, you could, there is a place that you could uh, put notes so you could put for uh, hurricane relief if that's easier to, for you to remember than Scott Crosby. Um, and again, they did not ask or they did not, uh, you know, seek help. They were trying to do it themselves, but we just felt that a minister called me and we just want to help them out in, uh, in this time. Uh, you can mail it in uh, through regular mail, post office box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana, 7037. Three or drop it off. This week is different because tomorrow's Labor Day. The office will be closed. So uh, Tuesday, Sister Wendy's going to be here. Mon- uh, so normally Mondays, uh, 9 to 2, just as we're in phase 2 of reopening. Uh, this week it'll be Tuesday, 9 to 2. Or if you see me and Pastor Josh's truck here, uh, either one of us, you could drop it off and we'll take care of it. Amen. So let's just go ahead and read our scriptures this uh, week for Uh, our offering. It's found in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. It says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. And 1 Kings 8, 3 says, I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. So take your offering in your right hand and repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I have a vision for the house you are building, a house made of redeemed people from every walk of life, from all ages and from different places, a people of prayer and praise and a people of love and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to give my tithes and offerings to build a great house. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so what we're going to do here is we're going to allow this side to come first today. You come up the side aisle, drop your offering in the basket, trying to stay six feet apart, and you go down the middle aisle. Then once they're through, I'll announce that uh, this side will come up the side aisle, drop your offering, staying six feet apart, and go down the middle aisle back to your seats. All right, so at this time, Crystal's going to play this side. If you'd come up the side aisle and... this side if you want to come down the side out. Let's stand to our feet as we have our call to worship this morning. Side, we got Brother Jerry uh, going to be speaking this morning. We will have communion after service, uh, after he speaks. So, uh, you know, sometimes when they say, I'm going to wrap it up with this, some people kind of sneak out the back door. We, we got communion after that, so hold on, okay? <laughs> Amen. I'm excited about this, this month's uh, call to worship. As I was reading... Uh, my devotions this week, uh, this, this stuck with me, and I decided to use it as our call to worship. It's found in Hebrews chapter six, uh, 3, verse 6. It says this, but Christ is faithful. I want you to say that. Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And I love this part. And we are his house. In other words, he is faithful to us. And then it says this, if we indeed... It, if indeed we hold firmly, and that's what I started thinking about, you know, that hold firmly jumped out to me today Yeah, the, when I was reading this. You know, 2020 has been a whirlwind of a year, but he, Jesus is saying just hold on firmly. Hold on, you know. Uh, that's telling you things will be shaken in this world. Things will happen in your life. But if you hold on firmly, he says, to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. And we, again, the point of this is that God is faithful to each and every one of us. Everything may not work out the way we want it to, but God is in total control. Amen. So let's just uh, worship this morning. We're going to uh, uh, bow our heads in prayer as we just uh, get started this morning. Father, I just come to you this morning. 
Father, I turn this entire service over to you right now, Father. I pray for your anointing to be upon each and every musician and singer this morning. Father, I ask that your presence would fill this place this morning, Father God. Touch each and every one that's here. Touch each and every one that's watching online today, Father, as we worship you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
Reckoning 
Your presence, it's all. 
continue to play. The three and four-year-olds can be dismissed. Praise the Lord. You know how great God is? <laughs> we serve a great God. A great God. We're going to get right into it because me and Pastor Scott has a, a thing when I speak and I know when he speaks the more you get in the word there's a mushroom effect that happens and yesterday I sent him the emoji I said it's starting to mushroom 
Because you get a thought, you get a word, and then all of a sudden it just grows and grows. And then you're like, how can I say all this in 30 to 40 minutes? And it started happening yesterday. So we'll get right into it. And uh, Luke chapter 22, we're going to talk about being sifted today. Luke 22, verse 31. Sifted as wheat. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said unto him, Lord, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, that the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times. Deny three times that you know me. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Lord. I'm very humbled that you would allow me to share something so precious to people. And Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, that you would touch the ears and the hearts, Lord, that this seed would not go wasted, Father Lord, that it would produce fruit and fruit that remains. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you from stopping anyone from receiving what God has for them through his word. I thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. I thank you for miracle signs and wonders. I thank you for your blood. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. And, and don't leave after the closing prayer because we are going to be doing communion right after. But we see here, uh, when, when Jesus first called Simon, he changed his name to Cephas, which means Peter, the rock. But here he goes to Simon's old name and he says, Simon, Simon. And what he was saying, it he was saying with intensity. In other words, it's kind of like, you know, when, when you're being bad and your mama says, Jerry, Joel Griffin, you know, you, and you know it's serious. When they didn't call you by your name, but they start calling you by your first and middle name, you know it's, it's something that's serious. So Jesus was saying, Simon, Simon. In, in one translation, it says, Satan has desired to have you. Satan's desire is for you. He, but you know what? It, it, he asks permission from God for Simon. Just like in Job when Satan went up to heaven and said, hey, how about your servant Job? So I want you to know something. A lot of times we're running around blaming Satan for everything. But if you're a born-again believer, God allows him to come and do things in your life to sift you as wheat. We, we blaming Satan for everything, but how about if it was God ordered for your life? See, because when, when he left his boat to follow Christ, Christ knew, God knew that there were still things in Peter's heart that have to be sifted out. He still knew. So Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has received permission to test all of you, to separate the good from the bad. What did he, what, why was the testing there? This is in, and I didn't even get to throw that in, but it's in the, uh, in the Good News translation, to separate the good from the bad. As a farmer separates wheat from the chaff. You know, what, what, who is Satan and where did he come from? The three archangels that were, were in heaven was Michael, the archangel, 
who is basically the warrior, the prayer warrior. Michael the archangel, we had Gabriel, which is the word. So we have the warring prayer. We have the word, Gabriel. And then we had Satan, who basically, he built him as an instrument with tambourines and windpipes. Beautiful, the most beautiful of them all. And he's the one that orchestrated the worship to God in heaven. And he would come and gather all the other angels and they would begin worshiping God and God would get the adoration and God would get the praise and he would get the glory. And all of a sudden, Satan decided that God shouldn't get it all because of how God created him so beautiful. And he wanted some of that adoration. And I'm not going to get into it, but you can go read in Isaiah chapter 14 later on about what is Satan's desire. In fact, it said that, that Satan, he's a worshiper, was kicked out of heaven, but this is his desire to be like Most High, to ascend and be exalted. Everything Satan wanted to do was to go up. But what did he do whenever God kicked him out of heaven? It says he came down as lightning and he said, you're going to go to the lowest part of the earth. You're going to Sheol. You're going to Hades. You're going to hell. That's your destination because I am not going to share my glory with anybody. So all of a sudden, you see, sin didn't come from Adam. Sin came from Satan. And we're born into that sin nature. But all of a sudden, there was something missing in heaven that was once there. And that was worship and adoration to God. So God said, man, I have to do something because I'm missing this part of, of, of the worship that I used to get from, from Lucifer and all the other angels. So what he did, he created dirt and made us in his image. So what we can do now is bring that worship and that praise back to God that was there. That's why the enemy attacks you so heavy is because your job is to do what he did when he was in heaven and he is jealous of that. That God created you in his image to bring glory and praise and worship to him. Satan's desire. See, so we're born into that sinful nature. That's why God had to also be of sin Jesus made out of dirt and dust to what? Be perfect so he can redeem us. The plan of salvation all right there. But John 10.10 is going to expose. Remember back in November, December, I spoke and I said 2020 is going to be a year of exposure. God is going to expose things. He's going to expose hearts. He's going to expose politically. He's going to expose the church. Everything this year has been about exposure. But I want to expose Satan today just for a minute. I want to expose him. This is what he does. The thief does not come except. I'm telling you, close the door to Satan in your life. Because he is a thief. He's going to rob you of everything you have and leave you blind, naked, and busted and disgusted. That's all he's there for. The thief does not come except to steal. He's going to steal your joy. To kill. He's going to kill your spirit. And to destroy. But what did Jesus say? I have come that they. Who's they? That's us. All he is not willing that any should perish, but all what? Come to what? Repentance. That they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
You know, if, if there's anything that's going to happen when you become a believer and when you accept Christ, you will be sifted as wheat. God is going to allow things to happen in your life to expose what's in your heart so you can be a better Christ follower. It's just going to happen. You say, man, I don't know why I'm going through this test. I don't know why I'm going through everything I'm going through. It's because Satan has desired you. And God said, okay. He said, you could do this. He, he puts limits on them now. He's not going to let them kill you. But he does bring you to a certain point where everything in your heart is going to come out. Sifted as wheat. What's, what's, and I started studying what they did to wheat. And, and the whole thing about the sifting was, was to get the seed. The seed. The whole point of you being sifted is to get the seed that God planted inside of you. You know, I, I made a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to die with seeds in my pocket. I'm, I'm not going to die with seeds in my pocket. I, I am going to plant the seeds. See, the first step was a threshing. What they had to do was, is a lot of times they put it in, in a bag, they put it in something, and they begin to beat the wheat to separate the chaff from the seed. And you might be here today and you might say, man, my life has just been one beating after another. Welcome to Christianity. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Because as long as we're here on earth, we still are not Peter yet. We still have Simon, a little bit of Simon in us. You know, a little bit of that cussing in us. A little bit of that rough stuff in us. A little bit of that, they better not do that to me again or they're going to see. You know, when he was saying Simon, Simon, he was talking to the cusser. He was talking to the fighter. He was talking to the man who had business on his mind making money. He was talking to that guy right there saying... Yeah, I'm going to allow Satan to have you for a little bit. And then the winnowing is the next step. Once they beat the wheat, then they have to take it and allow wind to blow the chaff away. And that's why storms come to your life. Storms come and they blow away stuff that shouldn't be in your life. Storms will rattle you. Storms will, will, will tear you down. But all God is doing is wanting to blow away that chaff. So when the storm is all over, all it could be is that seed, that wheat that produces something. See, all God wants to do is to get you to your purpose to produce everything that God has for you. You know, the, the wheat gets sifted so the hard outer shell can be broken and removed. You hear me? The hard outer shell has to be broken. You cannot walk around with a hard heart. That You have to allow God to break your heart. You said, but you don't understand. People's betrayed me. It don't matter. The Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you, no matter what anybody does to you, no matter what happens in your life. Your mama may have abandoned you. Your father may have walked out on you. Your husband may have cheated on you. But God said, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But then Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that what your faith should not fail. I want to let you know something. I'm here today telling you I pray for this church every day that in 2020, as the church is going through a sifting process this year, that your faith does not fail you. That your faith stays strong. 
You know, our greatest intercessor right now is Jesus Christ. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for you every day. I love it when I hear people say, brother, I'm praying for you. Brother, I'm praying for you. But there's no greater confidence in my life, no greater joy to know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He never sleeps. He looks down and he says, I am praying for you. I got your back. Peter, listen, you're going to go through the worst time of your life, but I have your back. I'm praying for you. When everybody else fails, Jesus says, I got your back. I got your back. And, and what, what did he say? When you return to me. Peter was going to walk away from Christ for a little bit to be sifted. You know, I, I look throughout the crowd and there's people that I see in the second and third row that I normally see every Sunday. And they haven't been here for a while uh, are they going through a sifting right now in their life? Because I know one thing, the people that are not here will return. See, the Bible says here, when you return to me, what did he say? Strengthen your brother. We're all going through this together. Stop thinking you're the only one that is going through trouble. I mean, we can get a microphone and we could sit it right here and have one by one Everybody come and tell us the trouble that they're going through. Everybody is going through some kind of trouble in life right now. Even online, you watching online, and, and you're going through an issue right now. There's something in your life that is happening, and if you're a Christian, if you're born again, I want to let you know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by who? God. He's ordered those steps in your life. How do we heal after being sifted. How do you heal after you being sifted? By investing ourselves in the life of others and using what we've learned from our trials to encourage them on. Everything you're going through is for your brother. Everything you're going through is for your sister. Everything you're going through is for somebody who's going through the same thing you're going through at this point in time in life. And when you return, and when you're restored, and when Christ has healed you, and when, when, when you're back in the fold, it's not, you know, uh, uh, David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. Okay, now what? You encourage yourself in the Lord. Now are you just going to sit there till you get back discouraged? That's what most people do. They go from an encouragement back to a discouragement. I'm encouraged today, but I'm discouraged tomorrow. No, David encouraged himself in the Lord and he looked at God and he said, shall I pursue now? <laughs> shall I go after him? See, when you get encouraged, it's not to sit down and do nothing. You know, I think sometimes people use prayer as an excuse to just do absolutely nothing. Oh, I'm praying, but what are you doing? I'm praying. Yeah, but wh where's the action behind the prayers? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a part of our state that's destroyed. Well, I'm praying. Yeah, they need prayers, but you know they need generators, you know they need water, you know they need gas. Sometimes we got to put some action to what we pray about. You know, if somebody comes up to me and they say, man, I'm really hungry, well, I'm praying you get fed and walk away. I mean, really? Do we actually pray to say, well, I prayed? Yeah, you prayed. But what if God revealed it to you so you can act upon what you see? You know, you're passing the by and you see a guy on the side of the boat, on the boat, and you're like, hey, you, you got food? No. 
Okay, I'm going to pray God brings you food and take off and go to Tobacco Plus and get gas. Wow. No, the, 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 the thing God wants you to do, he revealed it to you. So you go home and you say, hey, we need to get this guy some food. But we can't get him something that's cold because he ain't got a refrigerator. So now you've got to put everything together, go back and say, here, here's your food. Here's some water. Here's some coconut water because it's 100 degrees out here. Here's some Powerade. Sometimes we got to act. We got to invest in others. We got to plant seed in others. And you know what that did? It opened up a door for me to witness to him and allow him to say, well, I want prayer. I need prayer. I never thought in my life that I would be sitting right here doing what I'm doing. Broke, busted, and disgusted. And having to rely on all the people I'm relying on and everything going on in my life. And there's people like that all around us on the bayou, and a lot of times we just ignore it. When we're supposed to be the church, when we're supposed to be the good Samaritan, sometimes we act like the priests. Let me walk on the other side of the road. I'm continuing to fast and pray. I didn't see, I didn't see it, I didn't see it, I didn't see it, I didn't see him. He's not bleeding, he's not bleeding, he's not hurt. When are we going to be the church? When are we going to stand up and do exactly what Christ wants us to do and stop giving him excuses? The easiest thing to do is to give an excuse why we didn't do it. But what does sifting really do in our life? It demolishes the pride that's in our heart. That means that all events of life Everything that's beaten you down, rocked your world, caused you pain, waged an assault on your heart, was meant to humble you for service. Listen, the best thing to do is to humble yourself before the Lord. The worst thing to allow to happen in your life is to allow God to humble you. It's much better if you humble yourself. Because if you humble yourself, it's less painful because if God brings something in your life to cause you to be humbled, I promise you it's going to work. <laughs> he will bring you to your knees and say, okay, I'm at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. I have no more pride left in me. But what did, G what did Peter say at that point? But Lord, I'm ready to go with you, both to prison and I would even die for you. That's a powerful statement. Does that show a little bit of what's in Peter's heart? A little bit of pride? Like, I'm ready. Uh -uh. He probably had his hand on his sword. I'm ready. Dude, let them come. Let, let them cross the intercoastal bridge and watch what I'm going to do. I'm locked and loaded with 50,000 rounds. I mean, you know what? I'm even going to blow up the intercoastal bridge, and I'm going to stand up there like a sniper. And when they come, I'm going to just start... That was Peter right there. You know, that was him. I mean, if Peter was here before his sifting, he would be saying, he would be up here in the church, saying, the church, get all your swords together because they're heading this way. But they're not going to take us down. But then he denies Christ. He denies Christ from going to, I'm ready to go to prison and I'm going to die with you, to denying him. Let's go to, let's, go, let's read it actually. Let's go to Luke 22. 
58 to 62. And after a little while, he was there amongst the crowd looking at Christ. Another saw him and said, you are also of them. But Peter said, no man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't even know what you're saying. Immediately. Well, the first point, if you go before, there's a girl that comes to confront him, and he says, No, I'm not with him. But they say, and he's a Galilean. And even one translation says he speaks the language of Christ. He says, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. But in another translation, it said he swore. He cussed. Back to what? Simon, Simon. Went from Peter to Simon. Little girl confronts him. I don't know. Another one confronts him. I don't know. And then another one says, yeah, you speak the language. Do people know you in the community by the language you speak? Could they come up to you and say, yeah, you're a follower of Christ because you speak the language? Or do you speak the language of the world? See, at that point in time, Peter made a decision to cuss, to speak the language of the world so they wouldn't take him in to be beaten, imprisoned, possibly crucified. When he not long ago said, I'll go to prison, I will die, I will do this. I will do that. How many of you said, I will follow Christ the rest of my life? I made a decision today. I'm following you, Lord. And today your heart is so far from him because of the sifting that's come in your life. It says, Peter went out. He ran and wept bitterly. Remember, Jesus saw and Peter ran. Think about this. Think about that. He saw and he ran. You know, maybe, maybe Peter thought back and said, I just committed one of the deadliest things, the things that God hates the most. I just lied. Maybe Peter remembered reading back in Proverbs about the seven things God hates and one is a liar. But imagine this. Jesus is being beaten. Jesus is being crucified. Jesus is being ridiculed and all of a sudden think about this peter swears and curses that he don't know the man and jesus heard and turned back and looked and made eye contact with peter imagine if that's the last thing jesus heard from someone he loved imagine if that's the last thing that he heard from somebody he loved and yet he's on that cross, and he utters those words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was not just saying, forgive the ones that beat me. Forgive the ones that plucked my beard. Forgive the ones that, that nailed my hands and feet to this cross. He was saying, Father, forgive those that were in my inner circle that said they would have my back, but every one of them turned their back on me. Forgive them too. 
I'm, tell, I'm letting you know that there's going to be times when people are going to turn their back on you. The ones you thought that never would. The ones you thought that had your back. You ride and die, baby. They will turn their back on you. But what is your attitude when you do? When they do? Shouldn't it be like Jesus? Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing right now. They're making crazy decisions. Maybe God is sifting them because they were never really, they were in your inner circle, but not part of your inner circle. And God says, if they're going to be part of who you are, I have to get their heart right so they don't ruin harvest in the future. Come on, this is, this is powerful. This is something that every church goes through. I'm sure there's some people who told Pastor Island back in the day, I'm with you, ride or die, baby. You can call on me. I am there. I, I, I got your back. When I get the lottery, you're going to be the first church I give to. I mean, when, when, every, when I, everything comes around, I got you. And then when you need them, next thing you know, they're gone. And you're like, man, I thought he said he was with me. I thought he said he had my back. I thought he said when he got a lot of money, this would be the first place he gave to. But he's got a new camper. He's got a new boat. He's got a vacation home. But the man that Pastor Island is says, Father, forgive him. Because he's just going through a sifting. You have God sifting and you have Satan sieve. And a lot of people follow Satan's sieve, the desires of their heart. See, when things are exposed in your heart, you have a decision to repent and get restored, or you continue following the things of your heart. God brings the sifting to expose it, but we have to allow him to continue the process through. See, Jesus' response was, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. What our response would be to people who hate on us? Forgive them. Forgive them. If we're to be Christ-like, then that's what we should do. But you know what Peter did when he went and wept bitterly? He thought, man, God ain't going to forgive me. God ain't going to forgive what I've done. So he went back to what was familiar. In John 21, 3-6, what did Jesus do after Christ was crucified? What did Peter decide to do in John chapter 21? Probably what me and Timmy would do. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. <laughs> when, when all else fails, I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to what's familiar. I'm going back to do what I was doing before all this trouble started. I, I, I am going, I am leaving the church and I'm just going to go back to do what I've been doing. They said to him, listen, they said, who's they? The other disciples around. Dude, we going with you. That showed how special Peter was. Because not only did his decision to go fishing was just about him, the others said, I'm going too. You know, I, I wait for that phone call that's going to be coming soon. Hey, I'm going fishing. I'm going to say, I'm going too. You ain't got to tell me twice. Ask me twice. If I'm in town, I want to go. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got in a boat, and that night they caught nothing. Oh, wait a minute. This story sounds familiar, Pastor Scott. This sounds very familiar. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. 
Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. He's risen from the grave now. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Boy, this sounds so familiar. So they cast and now they were not able to draw them in because the multitude of fish. You know what happens when people fail Christ? They go back to being busy and distracted. Peter went back to being busy and distracted because he didn't want to think about what had happened, had just happened. I mean, this just happened a few days ago. And he's like, I'm going fishing. But you know what's crazy? He toiled all night. It was difficult. It was complicated. What he was doing was not working. Once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you can go back. You can. But I can guarantee you this, it will not be the same. You're going to toil. You're going to be depressed. You, you, nothing you do is going to work right. Because he called you. He called you. Many are called, but few choose them. Many are called, but few are chosen. That means few say, I surrender all to you. See, failure can not only cause you to go back, but he took others with him. Cast on the right side. Listen to this. In the midst of his biggest failure, Jesus creates the very same miracle when he first called Peter. When he first called Peter, that's the miracle he created. They had so many fish that they couldn't bring it in. So Jesus recreated the same miracle when he first called Peter. You know, God loved him so much that he called him again. He recalled him again. I want to let you know something. God loves you so much. I don't care how many times you fall. I don't care how many times you fail. He is waiting with open arms to call you back into his fold again. If you're watching online and, and you say, I, I've just failed too much. I've done too much. I'm here to let you know. God says, come back to the fold again. He's calling you again. And you may be here in church and you may just be here out of religious duty and you feel nothing in your heart. I'm here to let you surrender it all to him. He's calling you back. John goes, Peter, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. You know what he did? He was in the boat. He got too new and jumped in the water. He ripped off his outer clothes, jumped in the water, and started swimming to Jesus. You know, it's time we strip ourselves of us. Strip ourselves of us and come to him completely open with nothing hidden, and say, here I am. Here I am. See, Jesus had breakfast there for them saying. You know what he was saying? He already had breakfast on the island waiting for them. You know what he was saying? You know what's when you invite someone over for breakfast? You know what they're telling them? I want that relationship with you. I, want, I think you're special. I created this for you. We are going to have fellowship. There was no condemnation. There was no, Peter, I told you so. I thought, did you hear the rooster? Arr, 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 arr. I told you what happened. There was none of that. None of that at all. He said, let me feed you. Let me love you. Let me show you what true forgiveness is. In John 21, 15 to 17, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? 
You know what these was, huh? The fish. <laughs> he wasn't saying, do you love me more than any of these people? Do you love me more than these? This 153 fish you caught? Do you love me more than that? Because you left me to go to that. But I just want to know if you love me more than that. Do you love Christ more than anything that's in your life right now? Are you willing to give up anything you have to follow him? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him again, feed my sheep. Jesus was not having breakfast to reminisce on the past. He was having breakfast to tell him of his future. You see, God, when you come back to him and you say, God, I repent from everything I've done. Lord, I repent. Lord, I I release these people in my life. Lord, I forgive these people. God, I just want to be right with you. He is not going to come and sit with you and reminisce on your past. He's going to tell you, I have a future for you. Peter, you were called to tend to the sheep. Peter, you were called to feed the sheep. Peter, you were called for something much more greater than 153 fish. He was saying, pick up your head and look at the sheep. It's 2020. And right now we have a bunch of sheep that need us. It's 2020, and I'm here to let you know, feed the sheep, feed the lamb. There's kids in school right now that that don't know why they got a mask on. They don't understand any of this. There's people that don't understand any of what's going on. Feed my sheep. And then he tells them this. The first thing he said when he did the miracle, follow me. That's all he wants is for someone to follow him. Peter's restored a place of repentance to return to what? Duty. You know, there's times when the military is off duty. Off duty. They're doing whatever they want. And I think the church has been off duty for a while now. But then there's a time when the alarm sounds. Everybody has been in the military. There's an alarm that sounds. And whatever you're doing, you stop. If you're playing cards at the table with all your buddies, you stop. And you get a look on your face that only your mate next to you knows what that look is. When that alarm goes off, all games stop. Everything you do and stop. And you go get your gear. And you suit up. And you get ready for war. I'm here to let you know it's time that the church hears the alarm that heaven is sounding and we get our gear on and we get ready for war. Because Satan has launched an attack on the church and it's time the church responds. It's time we get up and respond to what Satan has been doing. And I'm about to close on my last point, Peter's harvest. Listen, he went from lying 
denying Christ to this in Acts 2, 38-43. After Peter's restored, now he's ready. He's ready for war. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you, to your children, and to all, to all, to all that are afar off. As many as the Lord God will call, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day, listen, that day, that one message, 3,000 souls were added to them. And they what? Continued. And they continued. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In what? The breaking of bread. In prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Listen, the promise is for everybody. But listen, this is what they've done. They went, you can continue reading, and for a lack of time, I'm not going to go. They went to the temple every day. We only have the temple open once a week. Oh, but COVID-19. Okay, when COVID-19 is over, are you going to come back? Or did you get in the habit of not going anymore? Did you ever go to Walmart since this happened? And the meat you touched, how many people touched that same meat? And the freezer door you opened, how many people touched that same freezer door? I don't think anybody sat in my pew before me today. It was, she cleaned, I know she cleans it. I've come in here on Mondays and she, she's here every Monday. She cleans it. She'd go crazy if she worked at Walmart. Oh, they just touched the door. <laughs> She'd be standing there. Oh, another one touched the door. Let me get a new rag. Have a new rag every time someone touches the door. A new rag. Think about it. We can all gather at Walmart. Don't go to church. That's where it is. I better get off of this. I got to close. I got to close. They continued. Are you continuing today? Or has something stopped you? Are you continuing fellowshipping with him? Listen, the most important thing is not coming here every Sunday. He commands us to, to come worship him and to be equipped. But tomorrow morning, are you going to fellowship with him? Are you going to have communion with him? And Pastor Scott's about to come and do communion. Give me five more minutes. You'll give me five, Pastor Allen. Can I have five, Pastor Scott? That's 10. I got 15. I got 20, 30. No, just, no. Listen, the sifting process is difficult. Those that make it through go on to spiritual maturity. Those who forfeit their souls for a cheap substitute. Those who don't forfeit their souls for a cheap substitute. This whole sifting process we're going through is so we can come into maturity with Christ. Don't forfeit it. For a cheap substitute. Don't. Listen, like Peter, I found myself in many battles that are beyond my comprehension. 
You know, and sometimes I look at Job, at, at, at God, and I, I'm like, Job, God, what is going on? How many of you during this year has ever looked up at God and said, God, what is going on? I mean, you, you, the only word, the last thing you spoke to me is exposure. I'm waiting to hear we in the end of it. I'm waiting to hear we coming out of it. I'm waiting to hear revivals fixing to break out. But we're all in this together. Therefore, let's not stop fellowshipping with each other. Let's not stop uh, uh, um, worshiping together. Let's continue continuing on. And if you're in the middle of a sifting, allow the sifting process to work. Don't bail out. Don't bail out. Listen, the 153, Jesus said, count the fish. You know that 153, the number is fruit bearing. This time, he made them count the fish. Why? Because he wanted them to be accountable for the harvest. We got to be accountable for this harvest. We're not just going to catch these fish and not know the fish we caught. We're going to know the number we caught. We're going to know who we caught. And we're going to invest time because we're accountable now for the harvest. We're accountable for the harvest. Not him. He's accountable for the harvest God's given him. But we're accountable for our own harvest outside. We are. We each in here have a harvest that God's placed in our life. Well, let's stand. I'll go ahead and close in prayer. I'll take the 25 minutes next time. I'll, I'll, I'll pay it forward. Father, I pray that you search our hearts today. Lord, if there's any Simon, Simon in us, if there's any of that fleshly desire, Father, I pray, Lord, that you just sift it out of us, that you, you bring us to that spiritual maturity, that you bring healing, you bring a transformation in us, Lord God, that only you can do. Lord, if we have that outer shell over our heart that's hard, I pray, Lord God, that you would make it a heart of flesh, that we can forgive easily, that we can love easily. Lord, that when we are offended, that they are already forgiven before they even offended us, Lord. So we can continue. If there's anyone that, that don't know you, if there's anyone that don't know Christ, he's here for you today. And I want you all to pray. Say, dear Jesus, I ask that you take my heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. I want to follow you today. I ask that you forgive me. And Lord, give me strength to release those who's trespassed against me. Give me strength to love instead of hate. Lord, I renounce fear and I accept faith. Increase my faith. I thank you, Lord, for renewing me for restoring me to spiritual maturity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. Pastor Scott's going to come. Amen. As our call to worship this morning said, to hang on. That was the key words, and that is hang on.
we're going through things in life we never thought we would. But it says that Jesus is faithful to God's house, and we are God's house, his, his children. God is faithful. Amen. As long as we hang on there, never give up. So after this time, we're going to receive communion. Um, and what we do uh, now that we're still in the social distance, and we ask that one person per family come up and get enough of the communion emblems as you can. There, there's a wafer and the grape juice in each container. Uh, what we're going to do is the side aisles will be the come up and then go down, down the uh, middle aisles again. We'll do it at the same time. So uh, just come get your emblems uh, and then take them back to your seat. And then I'll read some scripture and pray, and then we'll receive the emblems together. So, Brother Darren, if you want to start a song. So, both sides come up the side aisles. Uh, try to stay six feet apart as you come. One person per family, come get all the emblems you need for your, for your uh, seat. Starting in verse 14, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after, taking, uh, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Father, we just come to you today, and we thank you. Father God, for the gift of salvation that comes through your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for the forgiveness of each and every one of our sins. Father, as we're receiving the emblems, Father God, today we do it in remembrance of what Jesus done on the cross 2,000 years ago today, Father, that he gave his body 
and he gave his blood for each and every one of us that we could be redeemed and restored to relationship and fellowship with you. Father, we never do this lightly, but Father, we remember how precious the price was, how much it cost you the life of your very own son. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, I just pray that you would rekindle a fire inside of each and every one, Father, that you would fan the flames, Father God, inside of each and every one of us to know that we live for you now, that all our plans are for you now, that we live a life worthy of the calling that you have placed on each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, you could receive the emblems. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd ask you all just to stretch your right hand toward me right now. I just want to pray over each and every one of you. Father, as we leave today, Father God, I just pray a special blessing upon each and every one, Father God, that's in this building, uh, those that are watching online right now. Father, I just pray for divine protection over each and every family, Father God. I pray for wisdom and knowledge for each and every family that they would come to know you better. Father, I just pray that as we go out in the community, Father God, that we could be a bright light, Father God, to this darkened world. Father God, that where we walk with the shoes of the gospel of peace, Father God, that we could bring peace to wherever we go, Father, and lead all men to you. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray, and everyone says, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Again, we'll see you next Sunday morning, amen. God bless you. You were crucified, Lord.